Welcome to the Dog Classroom. The Dog Classroom Podcast. I am your co-host, Anne-Marie. And I'm your co-host, Amelia. Like and subscribe on Spotify and YouTube in video format. And now into the episode. Here we go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Dog Classroom Podcast. Uh, We are going to talk about introducing dogs today. I um, like have 20 things going through my brain right now, and I just can't wait to get them out. Yeah, well, we sort of organized it a little bit. So I know um, as soon as we released the Multi-Dog Household podcast, okay. I got a few messages right away, but they were like, but how, right? And I was like, wait, it's coming. Okay. And so now <laughs> we can sort of explain whether you're introducing a new dog to your house to live there or you just want to go for a walk with your friend's dog or okay. whatever the situation Which basically is going to start off and be roughly the same anyway. Yeah. Um, the thing just to sort of get out of the way, you know, right away is, um, ideally don't let your dog drag you towards the person with you sort of on the end of the leash. And I would say if your dog has a history of being reactive, then, um, maybe you want to introduce them with a certified trainer such as Anne-Marie first, um, instead of trying to do it by yourself because you really don't want anyone to get injured. Um, but overall with a, with a friendly and general dog, this would be sort of the way that we would recommend. But even with a friendly dog, letting them drag you towards or moving quickly towards the other dog, um, may not end up as well as you thought it would. But as soon as that dog realizes that they can drag you to other dogs and people may become just a little bit of an issue and a little bit hazardous too. Yeah, and well, you never know how another dog, if it's not your own, right? If you are meeting up with your friend and your dog drags you toward that dog, like that's rude, you know, dog to dog wise. Yeah. So you never know, right? That could end up in some kind of scuffle. Yeah. Um, so I think whether both dogs are friendly or whatever, it still doesn't hurt to take the time to introduce them properly. Right. So when we say introduce them properly, we're going to actually talk location. Right. So the unfortunate thing, what some people do is bring one dog to the other dog's house, let them off in the backyard and cross their fingers. Don't really suggest to do that. You want neutral ground. Yeah, because you don't know. Right. People say, oh, my dog's never been territorial before. But but have they they ever met a dog on their property? before? Exactly. So neutral is usually going to be the best. We're going to say, like, go for a walk somewhere that isn't, you know, not just right in front of your house because your dog doesn't know your property line. Yep, that's one that I say that all the time (laughs) from the reactive dog seminars. Your dog doesn't understand property lines, so they don't know that that's not their yard. If you walk from your front door to down the street, right? So you want to put them in the car or walk far enough away from the house that there's not going to be the territorial component. Yeah, for sure. So neutral can be usually I say neutral territory, not ideally, you know, busy city streets, because then you got to have a traffic component. The other thing is you want to make sure that no other dogs are going to, you know, run towards you or complicate things. Just don't complicate things. Yeah. You know, go to a nice park somewhere that's open. Um, Engaging in conversation with the other owner is helpful because then it shows your dog that they're relaxed with this other dog in person there. Mm Um, the way I like to start it and what we say, and we must say like five, 10 times a day, do a U-turn, right? Yes, because you can't, you know, the dog's going to be excited. There's another member of their species right there. So obviously they're going to want to pull in and jump toward them or they might know the other person. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. so they might want to be excited and go and see that person, but 
you gotta you gotta be able to to approach somewhat calmly. So we do U turns first and yep. make sure that the dog is sort of walking with you. Yeah. Um, the other thing to mention is that this is on leash, right? Oh yes, yes. Yeah. So um, definitely on leash because I feel that you know you need to have like a fair playing field. So. You know, I usually say, especially if you're going to a dog park, all dogs are either off leash or all dogs are on leash. So um, so it's fair. But just to to um, say as far as a U-turn, when Amelia and I say that in our terminology, but it's just basically turning 180 degrees and and going back a few steps. Because I feel what the dog learns or gives them the opportunity is to regroup a little bit, get mm-hmm. attention back on you, and then go back in. So once you've done the U-turns um, a few times, we do suggest like a little bit of following each other. Yeah, so you would have one dog following the other from a safe enough distance. Yeah. Right? You're not going to yep. let them jump on the other dog or get all up in there. Um, you want to make sure that they're being polite about it. So you're going to have one dog and you're going to follow your friend right, with the other dog. Um, and then also switching that. Yes. Right? So that yeah. So switching who's following. Yeah. 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 And I know like for Stark, Stark is always better when he's the one following. He does not like to be in front. He wants to see what's going on ahead of him. So yeah. you might notice different stress signals from your dog doing one versus the other. Yeah, for sure. Because some dogs, if they're behind, want to pull to catch up. Um, some dogs feel really uncomfortable with other dogs behind them. But the other thing I say is when you're following another dog, as I always say, you know, bums are less intimidating mm-hmm. than something sort of coming face to face. Um, once you've sort of done the following and then I like to say parallel walking. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're parallel walking, it sort of means that, um, the owners are walking um, side to side, and then eventually I like to have the dogs on the outside to start. Yeah, so you want to have, like, dog, person, person, dog. Yeah. And they're far enough away that they're not just going to cross over in front of you and get to the yeah. other dog. Um, because you want to let them see each other from the side instead of head yeah. on. Yeah. I think a lot of the issues that come from leash greetings, and we always hear people saying, like, oh, you know, don't it's do leash greetings. It's, it's bad. It's because yeah. it's face-to-face. Yeah. They're running. Like, there's just no... Um, sort of control of that situation and then of course the body language is missed because there's the leashes involved yeah so um, I think every step of the way looking at body language is important and then also with the parallel walking is it allows them just to see and to smell right yeah because even remember we just tell people they don't actually have to like actually smell the dog to smell the dog mm-hmm. right like they're they're getting different smells off of their pheromones and and that sort of thing so figuring out who they are and I think in doing these exercises it just give each of the dogs a little bit more opportunity to watch them and figure them out a little yeah. bit and become a little bit more comfortable so you will have more success I think too when I've done parallel walking um you can also like switch sides, right? So one dog has maybe peed or their their footsteps have been on the one side and then they can go and sniff where those paw pads were, where they peed or whatever. Yeah. And they can sort of exchange scents that way too. Yeah, it's funny actually you're saying that, Kelsey and I were just um, before this talking that walking um, a dog yesterday and as soon as um, we had turned around and the dog walked by and we came out again, like she was just frantically sniffing the snow and stuff and sort of tracking the scent a little bit, which was rather interesting. 
So I guess the way we are looking at that is as a training opportunity, mm-hmm. right? If that's the way we need to start socializing her with her just smelling where other dogs have been, and then we eventually introduce them. So just well, a bit of an aside there, but. Yeah, and we went for a walk earlier with some dogs, and after we came in. Did Stark go out? I let Stark out, and he went and sniffed exactly where those <laughs> dogs had been. He knew where they were, and yeah. he went down that path. Every little knew. pee. Every, like, even just where they had walked, like, he just, yeah. and I let him just sniff everything, because I was like, I want you to take all that information in, and yeah, I don't know what he's getting out of it, but. Yeah, but then also knowing, hopefully, that it was okay that other dogs were on his property. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, there's definitely, like, you don't have to just go for a walk, and then people want to, like, walk side by side, like they would with their friend. You want to give them a little bit of distance. You want dogs on the outside. Then you want, like, person, dog person dog yeah and then you slowly bring them in the inside the thing to say is um this may not happen in one walk right like honestly it it depends on the dogs it depends on the dog's personality are they a little bit more shy and timid are they almost too outgoing Mm -hmm. like and i think what we keep saying with this walking is we're um hoping or anticipating that the dog does have a little bit of walking skills and is able to um, look to the owner for for the guidance component as far as like turning and moving. Yeah, like you don't want to be trying to train your dog loose leash walking while also trying yeah, to introduce that, them. That's to what I mean. Dog. Yeah, yeah, that would be a lot of stuff to do at once. But if let's say maybe it's like a puppy, right? You're introducing yeah. them to a puppy. Yeah. Um, you're not going to take this puppy out for an hour and work on introducing. You're going to do like 15 minutes and then if that, go yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. And yeah. and it's not going to all happen just sort of overnight in one session. Yeah. Um, that, then, I think it's to stress that because I just think somebody thinks like, I'm just going to do this. It's going to take five minutes. Boom, we're done. It depends on personalities. And here we go, a whole thing with the different per- personalities, right? And mm-hmm. Say it's a little dog and a big dog. Well, the little dog is going to be possibly more intimidated by the bigger dog. It's just say, let the dog set the pace. And that's where you need to take it from the beginning. Let the dog set the pace. Don't, like, have too um, high um, goals or, um, I don't want to say unexpected, but just let it happen. Right. Right. And what I say to people, too, is when it's going really well, and this is something that I have to remind myself, too. Yeah. Don't get greedy. Greedy. Don't just be like, you know what? It's going well. Let's just take the leashes off and let's just see. Or just go. Let's go a little bit longer. Yeah. A little bit bit longer. longer. No. And on a high note, when your dog is relaxed body language, when they're having a good time. Call it. Call it and just reconvene another time because it's so important that we don't see, oh, there's a little bit of progress there. I'm just going to push it. And then we ruin everything. Um, And I'd rather it take a few times for my dog to get used to this this dog that's going to be in his life for maybe years, right? Versus we screw it up the first time. And then, you know, now it's going to take a whole lot longer. Yeah. So in in going from that whether it's another training session or um hopefully more than likely it's another training session but how do we actually get dogs to sniff each other right and that's another thing that's important with you don't want to do it face to face right and i was going to say i ideally i was just going to joke with you and say okay do we let them go nose to nose but um ideally when you see two dogs sniffing 
Right. They're circling. They're circling because then you have nose to butt, nose to butt. Mm -hmm. It was pretty funny in, in puppy school. A few of the owners were getting a little embarrassed about their puppies sniffing. Yeah. Yeah. Puppy sparts. Yeah. Anyway, I said, you know what? You might as well get used to it because, you know, you have a boy dog and that's just what they do. Well, and it's a polite greeting, right? As long yeah, as they're for not them. overdoing yeah. it. Yeah. But I've actually had um, in one of my next step classes, we had lots of dogs who were having some frustration on leash and weren't able to greet nicely. And we actually worked on going in circles together. Like okay. we started wide circle and then, and then you go tighter. And then, yeah. And then you just work on doing that little circle so that they get a chance to sniff. That's a good idea. Um, and we did that until everybody was sort of like, okay, I have the information about that dog. You know, they, and then they're less focused or fixated because yeah, yeah. they already have the scent and they already yeah. are like, okay, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with you. Like I no longer need to be like, we don't have to let them just run up and, and yeah. start sniffing and licking and all this stuff. Like we can do it in a calmer way. You can do it on leash by walking in circles. Yeah. Right. Or if one dog tends to be really timid and the other one doesn't seem to mind is having you know, the more confident dog going in front and having the timid dog sort of like reach and do the little little butt sniff, little, little butt sniff. And I and like then, my words, butt sniff. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I know for Stark, like, again, just speaking from my experience with it, if he is not comfortable, he will not offer that sniff. Right. So yeah. I'm never going to take a cookie and lure him up to the mm-hmm. dog. I'm just going to say today's not the day. Right. Right. And just yeah. sort of or that's on. not the dog. Yeah. Or that's Today. not the dog. Yeah. And I also try not to approach just always in a straight line. Even if he's behind the dog, I try to sort of move, you know, left to right or little zigzags here and there so yeah. that he has the opportunity to sort of do a little drive-by, I call it. And then he doesn't have to just straight up approach. Yeah. The other important thing is that it's fast. Yeah. So um, in Amelia's little notes here, we always say two to three seconds sniff. Mm-hmm. And that's why I stress recall on leash, important. So then we recall our dogs out, get them to create distance. But the bonus is, since they did so well, they get to go back and sniff a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And then we call them out. When I say call out, it does make a huge difference. But some people get so nervous that they'll sort of pull the dog quickly or jolt the leash. And um, a lot of times will startle the dog. And then they give like a little growl or grunt. And then the other dog does. And then we're uh, a little bit stuck in some situations. So... It's really important to have that situation um, calm, have the sniff, and then work on that recall. Out. Yeah, and the leash in this, like once you get to this point, the leash is really just there as a backup, right? Yeah. You shouldn't be yeah. putting any pressure on the leash. You shouldn't be dragging one dog to the other. You shouldn't have to pull them away from each other. Um, and I think like the three seconds is probably the max for me. Like when I'm just starting it with a new dog. It it's feels like, forever though. Yes, yeah. I'm like one sniff out. One sniff, two sniff out, yeah. and then we work up to three. Yeah, because any longer than that, and you'll notice the changes in the body language, yeah. and they start to stiffen up, and they start to get a little bit like, "Oh, I'm stuck here in this situation." Yeah, um, and so calling them out before they get to that point can help keep it as that positive experience instead of, "Oh, I got upset and I got pulled out of there." Right, and then this is where the whole "don't be greedy" idea comes into play. Exactly. Like, and on a good note, and then next time you see each other do longer sniffs like you don't have to sit there and work all the way up to 30 seconds or 45 seconds right yeah well who wants to be sniff for 30 seconds that'd be annoying right yeah 
But then you can go to maybe on the next walk, you're on long lines and you're letting them sort of move freely and sniff each other as they want to. But you still have that leash there as a backup. Yeah. And um, the idea of, of what I say sometimes is like some hovering. So after okay. you had this three second sniff, keep walking a little bit and then yeah. pause again. Like nobody says you have to stand there for like five minutes. The dogs are going to do way better if they sniff a bit and keep walking and sniff a bit and keep walking. And I guess that's what I refer to hovering um is just us pausing and the dogs being within each other's space for a very short period of time and then Mm -hmm. we move again and if you have like such a beautiful success like this one the next one you do the dog will get better and be more confident and better and more confident and it just sort of keeps building that way instead of having the negative associations yeah and i think that's that's a really good sort of example as to like when you let them sort of hover a little bit if we're thinking about dog body language and communication if we have our dogs there and we have these tight leashes and we're forcing them to stare at each other that's confrontational yes right whereas if we're standing a little bit and then we keep moving that's more natural for them too so i think a lot of the problems that we see is like oh i saw my friend on a walk and i wanted to stop and chat with them for five minutes and our dogs are just staring at each other so of course they're gonna you know have some words about that Okay, one thing I I just thought that I just want to mention real quick, because I still think we're okay for time, is um, if your dog drops down in a stalking position, Mm. right, or if your dog is really staring at another dog, um, you as the owner need to pick up on it and redirect that, because if that is happening towards the other dog, that is very confrontational, And um, if I was, you know, had my dog walking towards your dog and it was down stalking mine, I would turn around and go the other way. I I wouldn't wanting to be me to meet you or even get close because I've seen like Maui and Frolic that time I told you we were out and that dog was down and stalking and they wanted no reason to move past or go towards that dog. Some people don't really realize that's intimidating. Yeah, they think the dog is just patiently waiting. Yes, waiting or or playing. Or playing. Yeah, nah. Yeah, Yeah. and especially like when you see it from the herding breeds and you're like, that's a hard stare. Like that's that's not necessarily, hey, I'm going to wait for that dog to come to me and be friends. That's I'm going to pounce when you get there, which can be really scary for a lot of dogs. Yeah, so basically, you know, as a little aside to say that, but that might not be the best time to greet that particular dog if that scenario is happening. Right. So and on that same note, as as to things that maybe people think are polite, but are not um, rearing up on the back legs. I've seen a lot of that recently. And the dogs sort of go up on their back legs and they're like, oh, it's funny. Like they're hugging or whatever. And I'm like, no, it's a pretty rude behavior. (laughs) Um, I would say a lot of dogs are going to find that offensive and they're they're maybe going to scrap about it if your dog rears up like that when they greet um sometimes it's due to just the dog is on leash right yeah and so they and they're they pulling, pulling and they automatically go um, up, yeah. but if they're off leash and that's happening like that's a confrontational behavior as well or putting their chin over top of another dog yes um so when you're doing this greeting when you're doing the three second sniff you want to make sure that it's a polite initial greeting that you're not seeing any of this stalking or any of this jumping well up. and the bonus is ideally you're watching both both sets of dogs right so you're watching yours as well as the other one but after the three second greeting you're like oh i'm not sure about this well great way you go yep yep you're done so going on from that let's say everything goes perfectly there's no rude body language we're we're just loving it we get together again 
we want to let the dogs off leash. How are we going to do it? So we're going to restart from square one. Mm -hmm. We're going to walk around the block together. Um, you had mentioned possibly having a long line. So they're having just a little bit more distance from you, you know, interacting. I like the parallel walking where the dogs are sort of bumping one another. And then ideally what we do is pause, a little bit of sniffing, walk, pause, and then we drop leashes. Yeah, so you're kind of like everything from step one just goes a lot faster. A lot faster, by the yeah. end, you're not having to spend, you know, a 45-minute walk working on parallel walking. You can just do it for two, three minutes, and then yeah, you're okay. Um, when they drop the leashes, let's say they're best of friends and they start to wrestle right away, um, what what are your thoughts on that? Um, then eventually, I think with, with dogs anyway, whether... I was going to say, it depends on, you know, how long I'm in that moment, but I would let them wrestle. Yeah, the long lines are tricky. Yes, they get tied up in them a little bit, but if this is a newer dog or they're developing a relationship, I'm going to interrupt it anyway, mm -hmm. um, every sort of little bit. And, you know, I'm not going to say an exact time, 30 seconds to a minute. I'm going to watch body language if, if they're playing nice and having... Um, times where they start sniffing or decompress themselves, yeah. then I'm gonna stay out of it. But, um, and again, last night in, in doing this with some introductions with dogs and puppies is once I could sort of figure them out and they figured each other out, we took the leashes off. Yeah, and I think we see that in classes, right? Cause we do playtime in some of our classes. Yeah. And when you see them start to actually settle themselves down, it's so beautiful because they'll get in there and they'll wrestle and then they'll be like, okay, I'm, that was a bit much. I'm going to go sniff over here. Yeah. And they just sort of decompress and then they get back to it. Yeah. And I think that's like the healthiest way for them to interact. It's not that nonstop wrestling for. Yeah. And you want to make sure that they're, they're both into the same style of play. Right. And again, we can do a whole nother <laughs> podcast on style of play. Actually, we should write that down, but different breeds playing differently like some some more like to wrestle some more like to chase what some dogs like to be chased some dogs like to do the chasing mm -hmm. so and again personalities they're just like kids not all kids like to play with one another because if they have different styles and different meshes and sometimes that that works for dogs so it's it's again about compromise and figuring things out because i had the conversation where um and this was last week with a client where his dog only plays with his housemate. And so they play very rough mm -hmm. and they have their own their own style. And since he hasn't played with any other dog, we gave him the opportunity. But then he plays this really rough, overwhelming play style because mm -hmm. he thinks that's what you do with all dogs. Yeah. Right. So that's why it's also important to play where they learn to hold back a little bit and adjust different play styles to different personalities. And then that's the whole world of socialization again. Right. So why don't you summarize for us a little bit? So you're introducing dogs. Don't set the expectations of what's going to happen. Allow the dog to um, set the, the, the different stages in the, in the way things are going to happen uh suggest um at least having a little bit of leash work on your dog right and working at attention a little bit and then what you're going to start to do is just do a few u-turns dogs seeing each other from a distance get into those following positions switching those out in the parallel walking this may be one session um you may do this for five sessions Okay. But the thing is put the when you put the time in, 
it's worth it because if this is going to be like a, a family member and you guys are going to be like camping or hanging out and stuff like that, then it's worth putting the effort to have a proper introduction because then they're going to be lifelong buddies, right? Exactly. So um, I want you to do that. And then once you have, you know, the parallel walking, you do a little bit of sniffing, call them out, a little bit of sniffing again, and then working at dropping those leashes Definitely at the beginning, not to say that I'll just, you know, take the dogs and we go inside and, you know, have dinner and the dogs are playing by themselves in the backyard. Um, That comes with time. Mm -hmm. Right. So you want to make sure that, you know, the play styles are good and that nobody is, you know, getting overwhelmed. Right. That sort of thing. So um, but I I honestly think it's time and I think it's worth the time if that person's going to be you know, in, in your life for a period of time and then working up to being able to do leash walks together, you know, going to each other's play. We say starting in a neutral area, then eventually the next step is, you know, meeting at somebody's house, right. each other's, and then do the walk first, then go in the backyard and drop the leashes. I just want to make that point because I think we forgot about when to actually yeah. get back on property. So, um yeah and then interaction play interrupting play and then there you go now they're friends and yeah. <laughs> you have a nice and repeat friend. right um i think it's important also that um we've had a lot of clients who say i'm nervous i don't understand dog body language very yeah. well can you help me um and that's definitely something that you do with private lessons yeah and behavior consults is helping people to introduce their dogs um so if that's something that you're in thunder bay and you're interested in contact Anne-Marie about that because she can definitely um, help you to introduce your dog to other dogs. And you can find her on Instagram, Facebook. I was going to say Spotify. TikTok. You, you, well, you can't really find you on Spotify. Um, you can find her at thedogclassroom.com. You can find her on social media. Well, you can find me on social media. I was just going to say you can find Amelia and, and she, knows how, direct to, and she knows how to find me. So Yeah. yeah. Um, but definitely there is help available if that's something that just people aren't comfortable with, right? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we're trying to get the information out there. And please, if you have any questions about any topics, let us know because we like to share. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you.